Hello, real estate world. Welcome to the Nova Show, real estate records. This is Nuria Rivera, owner of Novation Title. I wanted to create the space for you guys to be able to share success stories, but not only success stories, I also wanted you guys to be able to share raw stories, everything that you have learned from the failures, the lessons, the wins. This is a space for our community to come together so that we can help each other rise to the next level. This is a space to be vulnerable, and this is a space for us to all be able to support each other in this real estate world. Please enjoy this episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Nova Show. We're really excited to have Ashley Rolf here today. She is a Salt Lake City native, has been in real estate for 10 years, and hopefully today we'll get to find out what it took to get her in the top 500 of Utah agents over the past couple of years. So welcome. Excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Okay, so I just want to start out with a couple of questions, and you were born and raised in Salt Lake City. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, I actually grew up in West Jordan specifically, and well, moved around a lot. My parents divorced when I was young. We kind of bounced around, Um, and I think for a long time, I didn't fully appreciate everything Salt Lake has to offer. I was I was one of those people who complained about the snow and, (laughs) uh, as I've gotten older and especially in my real estate career, I've really, really grown to love Salt Lake city and the access that we have here. I mean, mainly to the mountains. Um, and I'm sad that I took that for granted for so long, but I love it now. (laughs) Yes, totally. No, that totally makes sense. Um, when you grow up in a place, sometimes you don't realize how great it is. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, one of the things I saw highlighted online with your bio is how, you know, all of the best places in Salt Lake City and all of the great places to try out. So we'll have to maybe have you recommend some at the end. Sure. Happy to. (laughs) Okay, great. So I, because I know you a little bit, I'm aware that your mom was in real estate. And so how at what point were you deciding, okay, yeah, this is maybe something I want to do. And was it clear and fast or did it take time? Um, so my mom actually started in lending and which my background's also in lending previous to coming into real estate sales. Um, and all growing up, that's kind of just what was in our household. My stepdad's also a mortgage loan officer still. My mom more did the whole side, the wholesale side of it. Um, and she actually, oddly enough, transitioned into real estate in 2008 when the market was crashing. So oh, wow. when everybody's getting out, she kind of came in. Um, and honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I never intended to be in real estate. <laughs> it was not a goal. It wasn't something I was super interested in. It, it didn't really feel like the family business that it was anticipated that like me or one of my siblings would come into. Um, but when I was in college, I was actually studying elementary education. Really? Yes, I did. (laughs) I know, shocking. Not really my personality type, but I um, really kind of decided my senior year of college when I had started my student teaching that that just wasn't for me. And I think because we don't value teachers and the pay was really terrible and I was working part-time in lending and making more money than I was going to make my first probably 10 years as a teacher. And uh, it just didn't make sense. 
So my mom really, for a long time, tried to get me to come over. And I think there was a lot of hesitation on my part, just giving up a salary position. Um, I was in lending for a credit union, so I was getting a salary in addition to making money on the side and so, or as far as commissions go. So right. um, anyway, I, it took me, I got licensed. I had my license for two-ish years before I was really ready to cut the cord and give up a salary to go to a straight commission job. So yeah. I hope that answered the question. Yes. It wasn't ever expected. It wasn't the plan. It's just kind of where I landed and I'm happy that I did. That's great. That's great. Sometimes the things that are the least planned are the ones that turn out the best. Yeah. And I do think um, having experience in education has been really helpful for me because I do think so much of our job is educating people, whether it's on the market and what to expect or loan products or, you know, even looking at a house and what's going on with it. So much of what we do is educating. And so I think having that background was really helpful for me. And then on top of that, working in lending, I think I interact with a lot of agents that don't really know the loan side of things. And so it feels like it gives me a little bit of a leg up because I can talk, you know, to some extent, obviously loan programs are always changing and I have to be keeping up on that, but I can talk with a little bit more authority on how the loan side of things work. And I think that has been really helpful in my business. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had the opportunity to work with you a little bit. And one of, I've noticed a couple of things just over time. One of them is, you know, your numbers and you're good at fast math. (laughs) That's one that I'm like, wow. (laughs) So it's gotten tougher for me with the increasing rates. I can't, I used to be able to be like, oh, your payment will be about this. I'm not quite there with your rates. You just got to adjust, pivot with it. Yeah. And then The other thing that um, I've noticed with you on the education side of things is you will never pretend to know something that you don't. And we've had conversations about um, maybe clients asking certain questions or wanting to feel reassured by you as a realtor. And and you saying, hey, like, I'm not an expert in that, but I can go find out for you. But let me talk to some people. Yeah, I think... I think that was something that for me was actually came pretty easily. I think I'm very good at observing the way people do things. And I I feel like in any situation, personally, I would rather someone say, I don't know, but I'll find out than give me a story. And, you know, we work in an industry where there's a lot of legal stuff that we can find ourselves in. And so if we're giving advice or answering questions we don't know the answer to, especially if it's in territory we're not really authorized to even be talking about, we can get ourselves in a lot of trouble. So my feeling is I think versus me giving a knee-jerk reaction or response, even if I'm pretty confident that I know the answer, but if I'm not 100% there, I'm going to go find it. Mm-hmm. And I think people respect that. I I do too. I think I've, I've seen the response from clients of being able to know that you're not going to pretend to be someone you're not or to know something you don't. And instead you're going to give them the facts and the information and empower them to make the decision. Yeah. Pretty pretty forward person. (laughs) It's perfect. It's perfect. (laughs) Okay. And then, um, so lending background, parents were mom and stepdad were in lending 2008, they switch over. So Chris was stepdad, um, always a lender for as long as they've been married. Um, but my mom switched in 2008. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And so when you decided to get your license, you, you decide to work 
with your mom. Mm -hmm. What was that like? Some people would say they could never do it. <laughs> and, and some days I would say, I can't, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but the truth is, if you were going to ask me, what's the one thing I credit with the success that I I've had in real estate, especially in the short time that I found it, because I was a producing agent the first year, I, I made more money my first year than I made in my salary job when I left it. Wow. And I think the, I mean, it wasn't substantially more, it was maybe five grand more, but I would say that's a win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I credit her 100%. And I don't think it has to be a parent. I think finding a mentor that knows the business and cares about your success is the most important thing that an agent can do. So while we do butt heads, we have different personality types. We like to run our businesses differently. Even now, yeah. I don't think that I would be where I'm at now if it weren't for her because she was vested and cared in my success. Absolutely. So I realized that not everybody's going to have that family tie. Um, but I think everybody can find a mentor that cares about your success. And I don't think it's a broker who has 150 agents because they can't be that best in your success. It's someone who really cares if you succeed. Right. And who's, who's watching you and, and is willing available. to sit down and give you the lessons and talk about the things that you don't learn in school and you don't really even learn working. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of lessons, um, I guess thinking back on your earlier days as a realtor, mm -hmm. what can you think of any moments that were just like really hard or challenging in the beginning that now you you can like do it in your sleep? Like what was what were some of the struggles back in your beginning days? Um I think they're probably similar to the ones that any new agent has. I think there's always a little bit of fear of going into a listing appointment or meeting with a buyer for the first time um, if you don't have a lot of experience on how to sell yourself. Because the truth is so much of this business is selling yourself, right? right. Um, it, it's getting someone to agree to let you be their agent. And once that happens, you're working for them. So I think com coming into appointments with confidence was probably something that was hard for me at the beginning. And I think also feeling comfortable just having conversations with people about real estate and it not feeling like I was trying to sell everybody around me. Right, right. Not being able to have those conversations and bring it up and let them know what you do for work and that you'd be happy to help them. Yeah, without, without feeling salesy. Yeah, without feeling like you're a leech latching onto them. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, my my feeling on real estate and the way that I've kind of always tried to approach this is, I don't really see, see myself as a salesperson. Right. Um, I, I really want to be an advisor. I want to be someone that you, that you fully trust. I, I, I want my clients to know that I have their back 100%. And I think that when we approach real estate that way, what happens is you create a trust and a relationship with people where five years down the road, there's not even a thought of anybody else that they're going to call right. because they didn't, they don't feel sold. They feel cared about. Yeah. And it lands different. Yeah. Yeah. I like that word advisor because yeah. when you're advising, you're giving people the, like we said earlier, the education to make the choices that feel best for them in their circumstances. Yeah. And I mean, I've definitely, I don't know that I'd say lost commissions, but I've had situations where someone might've bought a house where I was like, no, this really is not in your best interest. Right. And we need to have a serious conversation about that. 
and that you need to decide, you know? Yeah. But I think people appreciate that. And I think that's the sort of thing that keeps people coming back. Yeah. I think that there's this willingness to care about someone enough to have a hard conversation speaks volumes more than running away from a hard conversation and just letting like washing your hands of it and saying like, well, I, I'm- I don't know how you could exist in this business if you can't afford it. <laughs> I believe that. It's like 70% of the job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I hear. Okay. So over time you feel like with through, I would guess repetition and just practice, you feel like you're able to show up as an advisor and confidently to say, look, here's why I think I can help you. Or I wouldn't, maybe a better phrasing is like, here are the ways I can help you. And if it's a good fit. Yeah. And I think um, as far as like getting over those fears of just talking with people, I I do think a lot of that just comes with time. I'm sure there are people out there that are just naturally gifted at conversation and coming in really confident. I think for me, I think I've probably always exuded a confidence, but I think there, I think that just through doing it, it really actually comes and you can role play. And, you know, up for a lot of my early listing and buyer appointments, I took my mom with me, right. Because then I think you've got a, a wingman and I can sort of, we can bounce off of each other. And I think that really helps. So, and then also I think early on, I had a lot of clients that were first friends and that takes a lot of that pressure off. That does. That, that can help a lot. <laughs> You're like, okay, we have rapport. You already know me from my previous like work experience, you know, how hard I work and. Right. Right. To build that. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So another question, let's see. Has there over. Over the years, has there been like a major hurdle that you've had to overcome? I know that in real estate, there can be sometimes messages about like the type of person that you need to be to be a realtor. And we've had some slight conversations about about that. And maybe that's not the hurdle, but I do want to touch that at some point. Um, Well, I think for me one of my biggest hurdles still to this day is, uh, perfectionism. Mm. I have a really, really hard time, whether it be putting something on social media, redesigning our website, putting together buyer seller packets, marketing materials. If it's not perfect, I don't want to put it out there because to me, it's such a reflection on who I am and on my business. And I think everyone would agree. The problem for me is sometimes I get frozen with this perfectionism that then I can't put anything out. (laughs) Right. And it all sits on the shelf. (laughs) Exactly. And so that's one thing that I'm trying to get better at not doing the, like a, that's good enough. Let's just let it go. But like things can happen in stages and it doesn't, if it's not perfect today, it will be perfect at one point. And it doesn't have to be that nothing can happen until it's there. Right. Kind of like a growth mindset instead of like this is it. And this is the end. And I'm done. Yeah. 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 Everything is always, I mean, the market's changing. I mean, even this year we're, we're redoing all of our marketing stuff because for so long it's been, it's a seller's market. We can help essentially. Right. Whereas it's not really that anymore. So you kind of have to rebrand yourself with the changing market. And so I think if you get too fixated on, well, that thing is so good that I did, Mm. 
that you could miss the opportunity to improve on it with the ever-changing environment that we exist in. Yeah, yeah. Well, and speaking of the market, it makes me think about, so when, what year did you start? Yeah, so I got my license in 2012. I really transitioned to full-time in 2014. So, uh, I mean, 2022 would be, and it was really, I kind of like timed it. I wanted to start at the beginning of the year. So I think I left my my full-time job uh, like January 2014. So essentially eight full years, right? Yeah. Oh, that make it eight, nine, whatever it is, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you were, you were in lending Mm -hmm. when 2008 happened, right? So yes, I, I actually worked for a local credit union. Um, and I started out kind of like in a call center role and moved up pretty quickly. So I did a lot of consumer lending, a bit of mortgage lending. It wasn't heavy mortgage lending, but a pretty representative amount. And then when I left there, I was actually doing, I had a stint as a project manager and then I was running the training department. So I was cool. actually facilitating everybody who came through the uh, front end training. So okay. again, kind of went with my education background. Yes. <laughs> yes. That checks out. Yeah. Um, so I guess, so like- I did watch, I, I, my employer laid people off in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2008, I was only 20 one years old. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how hard it hit because I didn't lose my job. Um, I mean, I do remember like work being a little weird and like, it kind of felt like maybe another layoff was coming at any point. Um, but I, I don't know that that affected me the way that agents who, who actually fared through that would have, it would have affected them because my job wasn't commissioned. And I think at that point I actually was already like in the training department. So, um, but I did observe how it affected my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, and because they were in real estate and that's probably part of the reason that for a long time I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I'm not touching that. (laughs) So I got, I got in, in 2014, which when you could still buy a house in even like, you know, the best neighborhoods in Salt Lake for under three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Unheard of, <laughs> not um, possible. But it was always on an upward trajectory, and it kind of was always a pretty. I mean, it was early on a pretty balanced market. Like you could get sellers to pay closing costs. Things took mm-hmm. thirty to sixty days to sell, but always a good time to be in real estate. Yes, yes. So with there's a a lot of conversations about the market shift and all of these things. And I think most people are starting to say, okay, it's leveling. It's normalizing. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. So I am wondering what was it like for you through 2020, 2021, when we had that huge spike and then how has it been navigating the shift? shift? Yeah. I, so I do remember at the beginning of COVID being like, okay, this is 2008. <laughs> Buckle in. You're not making any money for the next couple of years. And, you know, I, I consistently year over year between 2020, 2021, and even 2022, my business improved and I made more money and I sold more units and I had more volume as far, far, far as dollar amount goes. Yeah. Um, so I think it was interesting because I think a lot of what happened, especially like early in 2022, uh, I would make offers and maybe not get them for clients, right? It just was part of the process. And I'd be like, I, I would always follow up and 
find out what the winning offer did that we didn't do, right? Because I got yes. to be prepared and the, the people would tell me what people were doing to win offers. And I was like, okay, that's what we're doing now. And it yeah. felt like it was changing so quickly. Um, and, you know, we were adapting and it was fine and it was great. And then I think as the year started to forget, progress, I knew that rates were going to change it, but I didn't, I, just like everyone, I don't think anybody thought rates were going to get to seven and a half, right? Right. But I did notice I was, I was, I listed a property every week for about eight weeks in a row. Different markets, different price points. Obviously, you can't really compare them because it's apples to oranges. But I was noticing a decline in open house attendance, uh, private showings, and then the number of, we were still getting multiple offers then. The number of offers I was getting, you know, was going from like 15 one week to 10 to like <laughs> two. <laughs> and so it's funny because I tell people, I'm like, it, it felt slow, but it also felt all at once because I mm -hmm. think there was a day where it was like, oh, we've kind of, stalled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, my business didn't stop all of last year. I closed up until December. And I, mm -hmm. I think, um, I just think a lot of that was just about continuing to have conversations with people, people who earlier on in the year were like, we don't want anything to do with these 25 offers. We don't want to pay a hundred thousand dollars over list price. We're not waiving our appraisal. Like those are the things we have to do to win. Right. We're kind of not in it right now, Right. but they still wanted to buy. So keeping in touch with those people, like, Hey, the market has transitioned. Like we can get stuff for under list price. I can get your closing costs covered. Like yeah. you can pretty much get whatever you want right now. So keeping in touch, right. And keeping mm -hmm. track of where people are at. Did I even answer? Your yes. Question? Yes. You totally so 2020 it. and 2021 were actually, I thought really fun. I, I loved doing real estate those years. I think awesome. it was stressful, but it was fast paced. And I like that. You thrive off. Of yeah. That. I, I, when I'm busy is when I do my best work. Like I joke, I'm less likely to drop the ball. If I've got eight transactions that I'm working <laughs> through versus if I just have one, because right. When I've got a lot and there's a lot of like chaos around me, essentially I, I'm more on top of things. Yeah. So I really loved those years and I like 2022 as well. It just, it was a legitimate roller coaster from the highest, yeah. the markets then to, you know, pretty steep. Yeah. Yeah. Just change a lot of, a lot of needing to be flexible yeah. within adaptive. Yep. Yeah. And you know, one thing I've really noticed in the last 60, 90, 120 days is uh, the last couple of years, it wasn't hard to find a loan program that worked for people, right? Like everybody right. could qualify for a conventional mortgage or just the rates were so good that we could just pop you in a mortgage and it worked. Yes. I feel like a lot of what I've been doing lately is really educating myself on the different loan programs that are out there. So when I have a conversation with a buyer who's scared of rates or scared of what their payment's going to look like. And that's got them like, Hey, now's not the time. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, we, you know, let's talk about a three, two, one, buy down. Let's talk about a two, one, buy down your first time home buyer. Mackie's got a, Oh, can I say Mac? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> Mountain America. There's, there's one lender out there who's offering a 40 year loan program for first time home buyers. Yeah. So getting really creative and knowing what's out there, because I think what can happen in a market that's transitioning like this is we don't have the response mm -hmm. to address people's concerns. Yeah. Right. So, and a lot of, obviously a lot of the concern is if I buy now, am, am I paying too much? Cause if the market continues to decline, but outside of that, uh, the concern is I can't afford the payment with where interest rates are. It's like, right. well, no, I've got some options for you. Let's take a look at them and see if it makes sense. Right. So I guess like if there's, any agent listening right now that wants to know how 
how have you gone about educating yourself on these things? Like, what is your strategy? Sure. Are you, is it just you're naturally curious or like, what does that look like for you? I do think I'm naturally curious. I don't, even though I am comfortable saying, I don't know, I'm going to find you the answer. I really always prefer to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it really pushes me to make sure that I am educated on things. Um, but I, I talk to lenders. I, I have relationships with a lot of lenders. Most agents do. I, I go out, I find out what loan programs they're pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm always, I, one thing I think that we get a little bit complacent on if we're not actively working with buyers or sellers, right? If we're kind of just prospecting and things are a little bit slower is, are we actually tracking the market? Like, are you signing into the MLS every day? Are you, mm-hmm. are you watching what properties are sitting and having to make price reductions? So that way, when you come to me and you say, Hey, my house is in Liberty Wells, what are, what are values doing right there? I'm not like, Ooh, I haven't <laughs> looked in a while because right. I haven't sold a house in that neighborhood. I have a, I have a ballpark range of where I think a house is going to sell it in any specific neighborhood. Cause I'm always watching the market, even when I'm not working. That's not amazing. that I'm not working, but when I'm not actively like shopping a neighborhood with a buyer. Right. Right. Sense. You, you're not waiting for a buyer to want a house in Liberty. And then well, I'm having to, to educate myself on what's going on in that market. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sure, I'm not, I mean, a seller's not going to come to me and be like, here's my address. What's my house worth? I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do the of actual course. research, but I can have a loose conversation because I'm always staying up to date on what's going on. And, it, and you're accessing that just by watching the MLS. Watching MLS. I just, I have That's property amazing. lists that only go to me. That's amazing. That I'm going to clients and it's just, and I look at them every day. That's it. And I, and I, strategy. <laughs> funny thing where I'll be like, that seems priced too high and I'll favorite it. And I watch it <laughs> to see what happens. Yeah. 99% of the time, if I think it's priced too high, it's sitting. So yeah, yeah. That's really, I think that's a really useful tip for, especially somebody who's a newer agent and just maybe thinking of getting into this to understand the value of information and that you do have access to a lot of information just by frequently checking in and looking for patterns. Yeah. And I mean, this, the Wasatch MLS, I mean, it wins awards all the time. It's a great MLS. I, I think, you know, I have friends, clients who buy in other States and they're like, agents are legitimately like having that be a Zillow. It's like, oh, you guys don't have like a really great MLS. I think we talk when you're talking to new agents, they talk so much about how to prospect and how to grow your business. And those things are incredibly important. Obviously, if you're not doing that, you're not going to be closing deals. But what about when you make a contact and and you're not familiar on the market? I think you need to be spending time familiarizing yourself with the market and familiarizing yourself with loan programs. Obviously, can't be giving advice like we're lenders, but you can say, hey, I know about this program and I think it could be a really good fit for you. And let me, and let's, yeah, let, let me connect you with someone and let's yeah. sit down and let's run the numbers and see if it makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think that that is a big game changer in being able to, to be aware of what's going on around you and to be able to offer options to people. Yeah. Especially when they feel like there are none yeah. <laughs> because they're, I mean, they're it goes back to the idea of being an advisor, right? Yes. Yes. Right. Completely. Okay. And if I come at this strictly from, I want to sell you a house, which of course that's part of my motivation. I'm, I'm in this job, but I think people can feel that. And also I can't give you the very best advice. Right. Right. Because your focus isn't what I was in a be. training this morning. And what did he say? He called it sales breath or something like that. <laughs> people can smell it. They're like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't want that sales breath. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Um, okay, another question. What would you say? So I get you've kind of already touched on some things like being educated on the market, on loan programs. That seems like a big driver for you. And I, I would attribute it to your success. Sure. Um, is there anything else that you would attribute to what has helped you have a get a leg up in real estate and be where you are today. Yeah. Okay. So outside of backgrounds and education and lending <laughs> and then having a mentor that really cared, I think for me, um, it's finding a way and finding a niche in this business that is where you can authentically be yourself. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of the things that people talk about how they prospect, whether it's cold calling or paying for internet leads or whatever it is, those things don't really resonate with me as far as a way I can show up authentically for people. Right. Um, so I spend a lot more of my time on my sphere, right? And it, and it can be things like anyone I've ever sold a house to, we are friends on Facebook, assuming they have a Facebook page. I follow them on Instagram with my personal account. Like I'm not forcing people to just check in on my real estate sales because mm -hmm. I think people want to know who I am and I want to know who they are. And I think even doing things like commenting on photos, sending messages, when someone posts a story being like, oh my God, you look so great in that photo. You know, I right. think connecting with people is a way that is that I feel like I can show up authentically. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting that these things that every, that a lot of other agents do don't work, but for me, they feel really forced and they don't feel authentic. And I feel like when I'm not showing up authentically, I have a hard time doing my job. And, and maybe kind of like the sales breath is like, it feels so forced and people can sense that discomfort. Sure. And they're like, you don't energetically want to be around that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I really feel like if you take care of the people that take care of you, it comes back. Yeah. So I, I write handwritten notes, mm -hmm. I send Christmas cards, I send home anniversary cards, I send birthday cards anytime I can. And honestly, it's a time consuming thing. It, it takes up time in my week, but I have clients all the time that text me and say, thanks so much for the card. We love that you think about us every year. Yeah. It's, you know, and it, and it feels better than having something that's generated and mailed out. Now, yes. Yes. I, I mean, depending on how many, how big your sphere is, how many clients you have that could get impossible, but if it's at a manageable level, it, it feels worth doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I do, I mean, it's, I do really care about people too. So it's, a, it just feels like a way I can authentically show up. Yeah. It aligns. You're able to send them a note. Yeah. You're, you think of them and it's nice. It's fun to receive those in the mail. <laughs> I speak from experience. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are you hoping for your future in real estate? Yeah. So I started working with a real estate coach probably to really help me determine that because yeah. I love real estate and I, I really love this job, but there are days where it feels like I'm in the trenches and I'm sure anyone who's selling feels that way. It can be, it's a, a really hard job. Yeah. I think a lot of times people get into it and not that my motivators weren't similar to this. I think that people see it as a job where you can make a lot of money and you absolutely can. And maybe you have a lot of free time. And the truth is I've never worked more hours than any job I've ever had. I believe that. I often work 60 hours a week and 
you know, there are times when things are a little bit slower and I cut back and I really try and take advantage of those times. But looking forward, I wonder what I'd like to do is have some better systems in place for long longevity in the business. Because I think mm-hmm. sometimes I think if it feels like the trenches all the time is, is there a burnout? Yeah. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> so I'm, I, you know, I, I, because I like to work hard and because I, I really want people to be happy with me. I think sometimes I push myself towards that. And I think mm-hmm. I'm really, really attempting to find a better work-life balance. And I think if looking forward into the future, it's hopefully my real estate career looks more like what I anticipated it was going to look like when I got into it. Like, yeah. you know, still working hard for people, but being able to really spend time enjoying my life outside of it. Because I think, you know, I feel like sometimes I eat, sleep and drink real estate. which is which is wonderful and um you are a whole person yeah and I'd I'd like to continue to have growth and see my sales numbers improve and um but I do think I'm a little bit more relationship driven and a little bit less numbers driven I think if you I I feel like I would be this to death but if you take care of people it's just going to come back yeah yeah they feel it yeah they know I hope so yeah I think, I think they do. Um, awesome. Well, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Any advice that you would give anyone? Any tips? Yeah, I think the biggest advice is really trying to determine where you fit in this profession. Because I think that a lot of times coaches and people who are really successful sort of sell this one one size fits all solution to real estate and how to make yourself successful. And I think those blue, those blueprints are really great. And I think they work for a lot of people, but I think, um, I've done almost none of those things. Like I, I've, I've not, it's not like I've never cold, cold called. It's not like I've never door knocked. And those are things that I would do again if I needed to, but I think you can find a space where you exist, that you're doing the things that you're actually passionate about or that you enjoy doing. Um, yeah. And I, and I don't know that I can say exactly what that is for any person, but I think it's really finding where you fit and and what's comfortable for you and building your goals around that. How did you, do you have a clear understanding of how you did that for yourself or did it just happen? You know, I think, okay. So early on I had, um, again with my mom, I, she would sort of like give me some, some deals for her that were maybe smaller transaction amounts. Just let me kind of help with some stuff that was like a little bit lower priority. So, so maybe similar to someone like who's on a team. Yeah. So I, I, and I think, so that kind of had an initial success and then also really just keeping in touch with my sphere. Uh, I know they talk about sphere all the time, but I've really, really been able to build a business. That's almost a hundred percent. Like looking back at my production last year, I looked at every deal I closed and 98% 98% was referral repeat transaction. Yeah. So I think, I don't know. I don't think I could specifically say this is the way you can exactly do it. And I think that's why it's like kind of finding this thing that's authentic. But um, I had a lot of work that actually came from my previous job, right? Awesome. So I would get a lot of deals that came through from coworkers that used to work there. And then they would refer, you know, members that were coming in for loans to me. And then early on, I just met this one guy who referred me to a bunch of people who worked at ClearLink and then they kept referring me. And then that sort of turned into this thing where I was getting a lot of business out of there. And then I think at a certain point, once you've built enough of a referral 
basis or business, like it just kind of keeps coming. Yeah. Your, your name's out there. Yeah. So that's not a great answer. I've had a lot of agents be like, how could I do the exact same thing you did? And I'm like, I think I I definitely work hard. Like I don't want to discount what I do. Yes. I'm a hard worker. And I think that that really shows up for people. And I think that's why I get referrals and why I get repeat business. But as far as just like what sparked it, I think there was a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah. Just like just a little bit, <laughs> but a lot of, a lot of hard work. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen you work. Yeah. It sounds like, um, yeah, it sounds like there is a lot of leverage that comes from relationships. It also sounds like it didn't just happen for you overnight, right? Like you've been in this for 10 years, you've built up that referral. Like you're saying it's trickled and expanded with time. And I think the part that I like the most is that you've been authentic to yourself throughout it. And you've like checked in with your integrity, what feels good to you. And you've found ways to show up for people that really helps them without you being someone you're not. Thanks. Yeah. That's really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so glad I got to spend some time with you and ask you these questions. And if anyone would want to follow you on social media, what would be the handle they could follow? So if you really want to just see my dogs, <laughs> uh, my personal Instagram is Ashfall, um, but where I post uh, like business related stuff, it's clients real estate and it would be the same handle on Facebook. And then I think my Facebook, I mean, if you just looked up Ashley Rolf, you'd find me. Perfect. I don't do Twitter. Yeah, I don't either. These two are enough for me to <laughs> and juggle. And so, so, so That's I'm novel. not that old, but I can't, I can't quite figure it out. That's <laughs> it. Hey, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of dance movements. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much yeah, and you. have a great rest of your evening, everyone. And thanks for joining the Nova show. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate us, like us, and share this podcast with our real estate community. The Nova Show Real Estate Record, sharing raw stories of real estate failures, lessons, wins, and successes. This is all from Novation Title, bringing a different experience into your world so that we can all uplift each other. Until next time.